All right, welcome to episode two, Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Who do we who do we who do we got here today? Chris O'Neill, Kevin Butler, Michael Turksani. Okay, we're gonna get this is our second one. Um, put this together about five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, to be fair, this deck was put together for a presentation that Kevin gave, and it took a long time. Yeah, it, the deck itself took a really long time. So we're talking about well, well Kev, what are we talking about here? So this was a presentation from uh, earlier this year where we looked at the evolving role of marketers and marketing and what we're now referring to as the end-to-end customer journey. All right. So we had a, we had a presentation that it talked about five marketing automation use cases to power the rest of your business. Yeah. So the idea there is I think most people understand today that Marketing automation is used for lead generation, whether it's landing pages, emails, etc. But I think mm-hmm. as we talk about the evolving role of marketing and the role technology will play and support that, it's so much more than just lead gen. And that was the point of the rest of your business and all the other things, whether it's in life customer marketing or whether it's even things related to channel and partner or even internal comms for that matter. Okay. Interesting. Well, I don't know about you, Chris, but I remember... Uh, about everybody in the entire conference came for this. I mean, we've got pictures on our blog if people want to check it out. I mean, that was the most important thing was that uh, Kevin stood up there and talked for uh, about 20 minutes. It was about 20 minutes, 25 minutes maybe. Well, it's 26, including questions. Oh, now we're, now we're, okay, now we're getting into 26, okay. <laughs> anyway, so he walked around the stage for about 25, 26 minutes, and uh, the presentation was very well received to the point where um, we basically uh, had to turn people away at the booth because mm-hmm. there were so many people wanting to spend time with Kevin. He was like, uh, he was kind of like the Maharishi when, uh, <laughs> when uh, you know, all was well. It, done. it rang home because I think what you know this, and there's a there's a link to this that we'll put in the description uh, so people can grab this deck. But um, you know, we we talk a lot about for the people that were there. They were all marketers, uh, some junior most probably intermediate to senior. So they're all faced with this type of challenge where basically, you know, we go go into this, the role of marketing is changing. Yeah, what was really interesting about this audience in particular is how broad of a group of marketers this was. So it wasn't just seniority, but it was about focus there. Like we had, if you remember at the beginning of the session, I asked the question asking how many marketers here today is their primary job to drive leads? and it was like less than half the room. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting to me is how various marketers from across the org have very different goals than just driving net new leads. But I think what they're all trying to drive, what their all goal is, is engagement. And whatever that audience is, needs to be engaged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got the old school industry prospect awareness versus the end-to-end customer experience. You know, that was was a slide that kind of opened the whole thing up. Yeah, Um, like I, I think to me, and again, we talk about evolving marketing, but I think in a more traditional sense, marketing's been looked at as, you know, big branding exercises or establish an identity amongst an audience. But now in today's marketing and certainly tomorrow's, we're saying how is marketing owning it from starting it at an awareness level and bringing it all the way through to some sort of customer and then additional revenues on that customer, upsells, cross-sells, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been talking quite a bit. And when we go to, to a marketplace that um, in some cases does not have a very good even sales plus marketing alignment, um, you know, we start with that 
sort of that picture where, you know, 20 years ago, sales and marketing, you know, didn't share a lunchroom. It was like uh, there was <laughs> there is a total separation between the two groups. Um, now, you know, sales plus marketing is, you know, basically table stakes like you can't you can't be operating in a, in a vacuum anymore. And now, as uh, um, as we've been finding people and you know some presentations that we made today where people are looking for more than just that sales plus marketing but that entire end-to-end -end sort of experience and so that's where the marketing automation ties ties everybody together on that uh, communication path yeah there's a role in there because i think another like an alternate word for alignment would be consistency sales and marketing consistency and how that impacts the journey is you can't have one group so i guess marketing being at the front of the chain in terms of awareness and that first connection with an audience, saying something totally radically different than what the salesperson will say when they enter in the fold halfway through, and then all of a sudden the prospect or customer is, it's like two different organizations talking, and you're either not making a great impression, not getting the deal, or some sort of combination, right? Well, I think what we heard today was that, I mean, marketing in this particular organization has much more control. I mean, they, they use the word control. So we talk about the role of the marketer changing, which was, you know, one of the big slides that talked about, you know, the differences between yesterday and today. And then, you know, you talk about sales and marketing alignment. What you're saying is that mar the marketing teams of today are, are, are driving all the way down to, yeah, what happens when you pick up the phone? You know, what's that? Oh, they came through a special ad that hit a unique landing page that had this personalization. And then you get on the phone and you're like, you know, just a number. Right? Yeah, I think we talk about this a lot. Like Chris, you and I have talked about this a lot, too. Um, and I think we're aligned. But I think marketing holds um, more influence in that end to end journey than they ever have in the past. I think from that perspective sales holds less that doesn't diminish the role of sales like I, I really believe the key to growth in an organization is through sales and, and talented sales people but i think marketing is certainly supporting a lot more of that that journey if you think of it as a, a horizontal line i think marketing's got a role in each stage right whether it's prospect and an opportunity and then into customer um sales will take lead in some areas versus others and then back out once the deal's done and then you know the account team can really come in and support and own but i think marketing is really underpinning a lot of that now either through mm -hmm. messaging strategy but in a lot of cases technology but i think you could say you know with, with this one you've got here you know industry prospect awareness versus the end-to-end -end customer experience from the old school wrigley's pepsico to now with you know the digital modern marketer you know in the past marketing really didn't know the customer. I mean, maybe in some big, big uh, consumer packaged goods, maybe sales didn't 100% know the customer either. But, you know, in lots of organizations, it was sales that knew the customer. I mean, they were the ones that were in the meetings. They were the ones that were doing the deals. They were the ones that were thinking through all this. Well, on... fair to say sales knew the customer uniquely. Marketing knew the segments. Yeah, where now you can have, you know, marketing can, you know, that can weigh in on those conversations and get more specific about the messaging. So maybe sales doesn't need to be so concerned with sort of crafting that. And that's where the 
you know, they don't share a lunchroom kind of concept came from. That's right. <clears throat> and I think uh, it's true what, uh, uh, you know, what Kevin was saying before about the uh, marketing sort of having a larger, uh, a larger part of that cycle. Um, it's very true. And, and I think the, the ideal scenario is where there's that sort of interaction back and forth. So there's a place for uh, the sales organization in the, in the journey um, and uh, with marketing and sales working together, passing that, um, that you know, customer interest back and forth using you know, the, the modern technology tools to do so. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you get the, uh, you know, the most bang for your buck. Okay. So, I mean, as we get into the rest of it, I mean, it builds up to what eventually is you know, utilizing these platforms in multiple way in other ways than just lead gen to your point at the beginning but starts off to you know really talk about the rise of the marketing technology and you know to how there's literally 10,000 pieces of technology that are kind of in this martech landscape and how does anybody really keep keep uh keep a handle on that and yeah it's sort of like i always look at that as it's, it's a chicken before the egg scenario where it's you've got marketing as a function owning a lot more of that that whole life cycle and then at the same time you've got this explosion of available marketing technologies right so in in the in the stats we got from uh, chief martech uh, they've got some great stats but it was something like eight years ago there's 350 technologies mm-hmm. and fast forward today we're looking at over 10,000 by 2019 right <laughs> where did that come from and i think you know we've talked about this a lot we talk about a lot of this with um with our customers and prospects is this idea of like, what's the role that each play? And, and I think a lot of the time when you're plugging in eight or nine technologies into this MarTech stack, you don't really have a succinct strategy for each of them. And then again, more so on the, the total package of stack, what's the role that each of them play with each other? Right. And I, you know, we talk about sales and marketing, not sharing a lunchroom. I mean, what about marketing and IT sharing a lunchroom? I mean, do they even do that today? I hope not. <clears throat> I mean that that sounds pretty scary to me. That is a scary lunch. Well, that's a that's another podcast all in itself. <laughs> I know that really, you know, I was thinking about that. It really is got, its own. You've got the new breed of marketers, highly technical, mm-hmm. right? Very definitely has tech chops, knows enough to be dangerous. IT probably hates that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got this new growing role in in larger enterprise organizations. What is it like the chief marketing technologist? Right? Yeah. So it's like does is that a hybrid role? Does does like the CIO get like crushed down a bit in the in the org chart? Like I don't know what that looks like. That's mm-hmm. a different podcast. Well, but yeah, yeah different. Co- you know the one thing I was thinking about today when we were talking to that client who used the word control, which was kind mm-hmm. of like kind of surprised me a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. But then you know what I thought of? I thought of the fact that you know he's sitting in the middle of a of a very large uh, dynamic organization. Um, large meaning like the populate. There's a lot of people in that organization. And I think control, what he was looking for, and why we, I think, why our, our message, which was at the, the show, resonated with him, mm-hmm. was that the strategy that we could apply to override like that, those sort of individual tangents that might be taken by people wanting to execute on these various technologies, he's really looking for more of that strategic approach, right. which he called control. Yeah. I think another part, just going back quickly to this idea of alignment or consistency, part of the control there is if he's doing all the work lifting at the beginning to drive awareness, drive interest with leads and an audience, he wants to control that message 
through to if it's the salesperson championing that message and closing it into what we would consider like account management or customer experience. I think he wants to control that because he's saying, he or she is saying, why would I go and do all that heavy lifting up front for that message to change, derail, or whatever down the road? Mm -hmm. So there's probably a combination of both. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Yeah, so you're right. We could could probably just push this over to another another podcast because, I mean, part of the presentation really built on – how CMOs and marketing departments are owning much more of the technology budget and part of the theme as we bring it back to marketing automation and just being able to use it for more than just um, lead generation is, is that, well, people have just grabbed all this stuff and, you know, it's SaaS now, it's a monthly fee, it's a credit card, you have all this software available to you and, well, you end up, you take a breath and you end up looking back 18 months like what the hell is all this stuff we have it all we're not really using any one of these things to the maximum potential now that's okay if it's maybe a you know a little widget off to the side and it's testing something or but when it's your marketing automation platform you know there's a lot of untapped potential and i think what things we saw i know kev you wanted to bring up these stats so why don't you rhyme these off yeah, a little bit of a stats pack here. So there's a great study last year done by eConsultancy. They talked to oh, several thousand marketers, I think well over 2,000. But the, the principal sort of stats that came from this survey was 98% of marketers believe marketing automation will play a crucial role in the success of their job, driving leads, and doing all the things that they're supposed to do. But what's really interesting to me is of that basically full audience that agreed almost universally mm-hmm. is that only 53% of those marketers today currently even have marketing automation in place. So that's a big, that's a big gap right there. So I guess I'm wondering, I don't have the data in front of me, but it's like, are the other half basically sort of in the middle of rolling something out, thinking about it, evaluating it, or is there a good percentage of marketers there that just don't have this on their radar at all? I, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I would think that more, most are probably doing traditional, you know, more old school email systems and landing pages and all off to the side. And it could be like, especially in, in legacy industries, we see that a lot Yeah, where there's like the foundations of what they're doing are in the spirit of what we would consider marketing automation, emails and, and sort of web landing pages. So what you're saying is we're in a good business, Chris. We're in a good business. We have, we have some room to grow. We have we have definitely room to grow, and and uh, and if when when industries sort of take on the concept, not only of being able to drive leads, and not only uh, you know just augmenting their existing you know super sales force with uh, with these tools that help to to power their uh, their conversations with their customers, mm-hmm. um, you know, but also do all these other things, you know, all these uh, all these you know more. Uh, end-to-end type of uh, you know type of activities that can you know enhance an organization's you know uh, effectiveness in communicating with its customers Um, so get this so we know half of the marketers in this survey a pretty broad survey use marketing automation today so of that half only 41% of them actually think they're using this technology to a fairly high degree like they're actually seeing a lot of value from it i knew we'd get down to the 80 20 rule eventually <laughs> yeah so. so we have a big we have a you know recognition that we everybody should have this system and these types of systems in place recognize it's critical to 
driving value. And their success. So they've got lots of room for organizations to adopt this stuff. Of the people that have started to adopt it, only 41% of them believe that they're so look at this, roughly out of it. a quarter of marketers surveyed by e-consultancy yeah. think they're using automation well, fairly well. Which makes good. sense. I mean, we're talking about software that's sort of... It's in go- its first 10 years. Go- yeah, going yeah. into its second real 10-year wave. And, you know, people, the early adopters have taken it on. Now you got the second wave and, you know, people are settling into this thing. So, I mean, that I don't know that's a surprise. I don't know if that's like a surprise. Well, but I it's certainly they're covering the space now, which is nice to be able to see the numbers. Mm-hmm. One of the surprises I think is that um, you know it, it does take to, to seem to be sort of industry by industry when when somebody gets into it. I know we you know we've talked about a few of the industries that seem to be a little bit slow to it to to adopt, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's if that's you know as we were saying before about you know sort of like an older school kind of um, uh, senior uh, executive group that just wants to hold on to that um, to that idea that it's all about relationships i'm sure i I think that's part of it you know what another really big part is we do enough of these um these conversations with all sorts of industries Mm -hmm. to hear this a lot is it's not as simple as let's go launch marketing automation Mm -hmm. it's not a money thing and it's not a resource thing what it really is is there's a series of things that have to happen first right so it's usually is the CRM adequate enough to really get another five to seven years out of with a new breed of system over top of it? Mm -hmm. Is the data in a state where it's actually usable and they can then build processes to understand what's going on with a new technology like marketing automation? I think when we talk about doing things with prospects related to marketing automation, it's never clean. Very rarely is it clean where it's to say, I have a marketing automation project, let's go tomorrow. It's always, okay, I want to do this, but that's phase two, phase three, phase four of a bigger thing. And that bigger thing involves things like data, CRM, or other technologies, right? I mean, we've we've certainly helped clients um, overcome the the inability to act, you know, where they're thinking, oh, you know, my ERP just isn't good enough. And, well, actually, you know, maybe it is. You know, can we get you 18 to 24 months into your plan before that really becomes uh, a growth hindrance, you know, you know, there's, there's probably a, a lot of value that we can unlock in an 18 to 24 month period before. That's a great point. You know, before you start looking. So I think a lot of times clients and we, we've come across them and then and then subsequently close them where they 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 know a marketing automation to your point, they can see it, but then they they just wow, we can't do it. They don't know how to do it without. I, I do think there's a part of, especially those who haven't done automation before, where there's sort of, um, they're a bit locked into thinking it's got to be this big bang big sort bang, of situation yeah. where it's like, we got to have all the pieces solved first before we can even start executing on stage one or phase one. I think to your point, these graduated um, phases make a lot more sense. Like you can do the first few years with a, a legacy CRM or legacy ERP while we do the other stuff on the front end, build those processes out, and then eventually there will come a time where we can migrate it all to a, I don't know, a new Salesforce instance or whatever. But I don't think you have to do it all in one shot. That's almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, what they do have to have, though, is a value proposition. And oftentimes we start mm. we start the conversation with, uh, you know, just an understanding that, you know what, we need to be able to articulate that to even mm-hmm. just get get started. Um, and we like to start from the front. So 
the value proposition has got to be in place. It's got to be understood and clear. Uh, and once that's the case, then from then on, it's uh, it's uh, connecting the dots. But as yeah. far as value props go, you're right. Like have something solid in place, but not so solid that it can't change and evolve. Because I think the one thing we see with these systems so frequently is because they're they are um, interaction machines more than anything else with an audience is it's giving you the opportunity to see how your audience reacts to these messages. And so I think that your value prop over time should evolve a bit. Yeah, Maybe I agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, to say, this is it, this is the value yeah, prop the, the next value, 10 years. Yeah, and I, but you're right. People get into that, you know, mm -hmm. they'll obsess over every word of a, of a, of a sentence that is supposed to represent, you know, the part of their elevator pitch. And it's like, okay, yeah, you should, but you know, if you're worried about putting messaging out there, like I always like to say, like, if you're not embarrassing yourself and it's gen it's in the general direction of what you think matches, you know, your audiences and if you've done persona work and, you, you know, you think you're there, just have the measurement framework in place to know whether or not it's working, you yeah. know, be able to adapt because, you know, yeah. you're not going to know that out of the gate. So to hold up a marketing automation rollout, right, yeah, some people are scared too. They don't want to maybe put their messaging in front of people at that level because they're worried well geez what if it what if it doesn't work you know but um but yeah certainly you know i agree it's hard to control a customer's value probably can't you, we, we can't control that but we can put it out there test it mm -hmm. help them be agile so to you know let's i think we'll probably want to do a couple of these and again we'll link to the presentation because there's a lot of great stuff in, in in it for for any marketer to pull pull from because it goes through uh five use cases in, in, in outside of lead generation outside of lead generation in fairly good depth so you know it goes through customer service you know how to use the platform to drive your customer service initiatives customer marketing you know huge potential i mean some customers to your point 50 percent of the audience roughly on a on a hand up aren't even driving lead gen you know it's not their principal role you know maybe it's member marketing Maybe they have, you know, brokers, agencies. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a different way to look at their customers to, to drive renewals, to drive, uh, you know, re-ups, you know, growth, cross-sells, upsells. Um, partner marketing, you know, part, you know, communicate, having a whole partner strategy. Uh, internal communications, how, how are you communicating through your own team and understanding how that's going and your recruiting and onboarding? Yeah, that's something that we've been talking a lot about doing at Goose actually is... Um, when we identify either a candidate we want to hire is starting to put that sort of indi individual into a drip campaign where it's maybe on the first day, they're going to get a series of emails, right? This is where you find this. This is where you find that. And it's mm -hmm. all documented in their inbox, right? Things like that. Or it's maybe on your three-month anniversary, you can just trigger this all in advance to say an email ends in this individual's inbox where it's maybe time, you know, take 15 minutes out, reflect on what you've liked, what you haven't liked, what you think you could do better. A little survey. Yeah, you could do some of your capture. And remember, we actually ran our um, Christmas party promotion on marketing automation. They had to register, our, our employees had to register through uh, a very crude uh, landing page that I built <laughs> as, as marketing. And uh, there was subsequent email drips that teased about what is what is this event we're doing for the Christmas party? And uh, of course, we were tracking all their behaviors, opens, mm -hmm. clicks, and I could go and sort of harass the individuals who hadn't yet registered. And yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a fun example. But you have a platform. It's already integrated into your CRM. You know, it's there to be used. And yeah, unfortunately, the first 10 years of these systems have been relegated to lead generation. I mean, that's kind of where they went 
it was the probably the easiest thing to sign mm -hmm. to sign on a check the most for, immediate right? value to prove. yeah exactly but i think like something that that i say to a lot of our a lot of our clients is you know if you look at take any automation platform marketo acton hubspot pardot whatever it is the very best users of those systems and the very worst users are the ones deriving the least amount of value they all use the same system. So it's really about how you use it, how you deploy it, and recognizing that a marketer's role now and in, in today and tomorrow's world isn't just about lead gen. So you're paying the same thing for that tool either way. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should, you know, circle back on this one, but we'll we'll link the presentation in the in the uh, in the YouTube. Yeah, we'll do that. And uh, we can expand on these on future episodes, but otherwise episode two. In Done. the box. Done. Peace out.